Welcome to the Halloween Unleashed Podcast. And now, here are your hosts for the week. Welcome, everybody, back to Halloween Unleashed. I am your host, Chris Morgan, and joining us back is Dylan Cloud from the Cutting Room Floor, and we are going to discuss a couple different masks uh, today that you know we were wanting to get to last season, but we didn't, and uh, here we are. We're in Season 3, and uh, Dylan, you had a couple of subjects that we're going to talk about this week. Uh, what were they? Well, you know, we had, uh, kind of initially thought of you know doing a, a, a series of masks and for a variety of reasons we just didn't get to them all and we were talking about this the other day about ones we hadn't covered and that would be appropriate and it, it occurred to both of us that we haven't done the DIY or the GKY you know, the, you know, what, what it's called now and then it's it's variant the SS78 and, and you know to me it's a one of the most well-known masks in the hobby it's very popular of course it does good business for you so I'm sure a lot of people would be more curious on a uh, in-depth history. Yeah, and I I really enjoy these episodes because these are the type of episodes where I just sit back and let you fire, and then I just kind of react and respond. So um, this will definitely work for sure. And this kind of goes back to the uh, the series you did with Zach on the lineage charts, where you kind of you know had all the the site that shall not be named's pictures and you were kind of saying yeah your nates don't have the accuracy as such but uh, from what I remember the DIY history on those charts was fairly spot on um yeah it's it's really easy for me when I'm looking at something to see how something's charted out and be able to to draw the comparisons on what's accurate and what's not um it's been a while since I looked at the one where they threw out the DIY or GKY, whatever you want to call it. Um, but I don't, I don't, it doesn't stand out as far as like me ripping them a new one. So I'm just going to say, yeah, I will go with that assessment that it was fairly accurate. Cause for, and, and the interesting thing is that, you know, and I'm glancing back at these charts now and, and, you know, just, taking them at face value, assuming they're right. So much of the modern uh, kind of, uh, how can I phrase this? The, the masks you see in the hobby. Yeah, the modern incarnations of the Myers mask and all the independent variants. Most of them originate from the Kirkus uh, Kirk. And the Medley uh, has only spawned kind of a couple of them. And the DIY being the main one. So was the, is the DIY, was it cast right off the medley, Kirk? I'm seeing MCS on here. Was it just a straight casting of the medley? Yeah, just kind of refresh me for um, for accuracy's sake, because if, if I'm wrong, I'll be the first to hear about it. Uh, but if you could kind of 
since you're looking at the chart, just tell me where it spawns from, and then we can just kind of go from there. So the chart I'm looking at has the Medley Kirk up top, and right below that on one side has the HMK, and on the other one has the MCS, Why Don't You DIY. Okay. Uh, and then the, the HMK goes under its own, and then the MCS below that has the Nitrum Pro, which I guess we'll get into that if it was changed to me there. Okay. Um, then, yeah, if that that I was always under the assumption um, up until in the last year that once Bry kind of had the permission or the contract, the agreement, however it went down with him and the medleys, um, I always assumed that every uh, sculpt thereafter was never another ground up. He just kept reusing that same, um, you know, silicone mold, remelting clay and making a new mask. That that's what I was under the impression of, but some other people have like have argued that point and said, no, he also got a hold of that H2 stunt Kirk that he, uh, that was the Kirkus Kirk that he restored. And then, you know, that's the video on YouTube. Okay, fine. You know, bottom line is it, derives from the 75 Kirk. Does it matter really which one it came from? Not really. Uh, the fact is it's still, uh, whether it comes from the Medley Kirk or the Kirkus Kirk, it originated from a Kirk. So, um, but yeah, I'm going to go on the assumption that it did originate from the, from the Medley. Um, just like most of his others did. And, and you know, arguing the ethics of not. I mean, if you have a 75 perk at your disposal, why would you make a ground up ever again? Whether it's ethically right for you to do so, I mean, you can't get better than the source material. Well, that was always my argument, and apparently I was a no-good lying cocksucker for having that opinion because I needed to have artistic integrity, and I needed to prove everybody wrong that I can sculpt. Well, you're not a cocksucker. You're no. not a liar. No, you just a, you're just an old cranky old man. I just am allergic to bullshit. You know, <laughs> what's good for you needs to be good for everybody. And I'm I'm an equal opportunist. And I'm just like, if you're going to rake me over the coals for something, well, then rake everybody else under the coals who've done the exact same thing. And it's just it it is absolutely mind boggling that in this world that we live in and this particular hobby there's probably things like that with other hobbies as well but you know in this one in particular i've never understood the double standard to the point that we get it in this in this neck of the woods i just wasn't their golden goose their golden child and i'll tell someone to fuck off if i have to and that usually doesn't go over very well with most scumbags Anyway, I promised myself I wasn't <laughs> going to get mad today, so I'm going to move on. Um, as far as the MCS when uh, the original DIY, uh, was it ever retooled? Or did it during that incarnation did it stay relatively the same? Um, all I know is that just like with most MCS masks, if you ever had the different versions, the H2SM, the HMK, the um, and this is why I always believed it was the HMK, the, the, which made them, which was from the medley, which is why I always believed that everything that he did after receiving that was from the medley, because in every one of his 
sculpts slash retools, whatever you want to call it. Um, H2SM, the H1SM, the dedicated stretch mass, the HMK, the DIY, everything you can see where he stopped molding at the top of the head, like where the, where the, uh, where the hairline would be. And it's the same indentation marker on all of those retools. And anybody that owns one of those masters can verify that I'm telling you the truth. They're all there. And so it almost looks like you can see where he stopped casting and then he had to sculpt on the rest of the head. That's true with the DIY as well. Cause it's on ours as well. So I was under the impression that they all come from the same source, but um, as far as I know with the DIY, there was that sculpted on back of the head. And then he put this, um, it's almost like a stop sign raised stamp stop sign. It's really annoying. That's one of the things I changed in the new mold, which I know we'll get to, but uh, that diamond or stop sign shaped thing in the very back of the head is just so annoying when, when you're trying to hair something. And um, that's the only thing I know that he added to it. Everything else is pretty much as it was. Now it's got, you know, did he, and he named it DIY. Did he sell a lot of blanks to people for them to kind of do their own mask? Yeah. Cause people were hitting them up for blanks all the time. So he just said, well, I have this here. I'm just going to make a, like a blank, uh, mold or whatever that I can just pull blanks from and make money that I wasn't counting on. Did a lot of people end up buying their own and and converting their own masks or was it more of a, they just kind of bought them and sent them to get done or just had them done. Personally, the first time I heard about it was I think after Martin got the mold, that was the first time I had, I had heard about it. When did he sell it to Martin? And do you know why he did? I don't know. I'd be speculating. Um, had to be four or five years ago, though, at least. Um, and I think really anymore, like Bry, I mean, I'm not going to go into his questionable past that the hobby likes to talk about. I don't care. You know, he was always good to me, so I got no issues with him. Um, but from everything I understand, it's just, he ended up taking on a different job and he just was tired of getting messages about stuff. So he just started selling off masters and molds that he does that he didn't need anymore. And um, I guess that's probably, we can go do a whole series about MCS mess in the future. But yeah. um, did Martin make any changes to it when he got it or did he leave it essentially the same? As far as I know, it was essentially the same as far as I know. And then it now, then there were no owners in between him and Martin. It was just him to Martin, and then to you and Rick. Correct. Okay. And when when did you guys uh, kind of make that deal to acquire it from Martin? Oh, I gotta think of the exact time. Sorry, ladies and gentlemen, I have to interrupt this podcast. When we recorded this, I said. Uh, June, July of 2019, um, that was inaccurate because I was uh, retooling the the DIY to make the SS78 in the summer of 2019, 
So that part is inaccurate, which I do correct later in the podcast. But I didn't want you people to miss that later in the podcast. So I'm interrupting now just so that we can keep things accurate. And now back to the story. It would have had to have been 2019 because in 2018 I was producing the UL 75 HD. So yeah, it would have been the summer of 2019. Did he ever tell you why he wanted to sell it? Cause you know, from, from an outsider's perspective, it would, it would make sense to me that if you're producing replicas, I mean the DIY I mean, you can make this argument for a few mess, but it's essentially as close as it can be to being a real Kirk. Is you know that's it's cast off Kirk. So why would you sell a mess that's so accurate if if if, if you've already got this in your hands? Um, from everything he told the public, which was in the post when he was selling it, is that he wanted to focus on ground up sculpts. He didn't want to do anything that had any type of a past to it. He didn't want to. Um, have anything from the hobby that had been used by another artist. He just wanted he just wanted to come out with his own stuff. All right, I'll leave that claim as it is. Um, so you and Rick, when you bought it, you guys kind of went half and half on it, correct? Yeah, it was actually it was a it was a conversation that just kind of sparked up out of the blue. Um, he had said to me, he said, Hey, did you see that Martin is selling the DIY master? And I said, no. And I said, well, what does he want for it? He said, 1500. And he's like, man, he goes, I really wish I had 1500 in my PayPal. He goes, I would grab it. And I said, Oh yeah, I know me too. I just kind of left it at that. And then he circled back around. He said, yeah, I just checked my PayPal. I got about half of it. He said, but that's, he's, this is when he was like stopping doing overhauls and a lot of work. So he said, I, I have about half, but you know, I don't have the other half. And I said, all right. And I just kind of passed it off. I went to go work on something and I had an idea and I'm like, huh, let me call him back. And it's probably a little later in that day. I called him back and I said, Hey, I have a proposal for you. And he said, what? And I said, well, neither one of us have the full amount. What if we went in half and we shared rights? You know, we can essentially produce the same thing. And I said, I won't step in your way. Don't step in mine. And he's like, yeah, no, man, that sounds great. Good idea. And I PayPal'd him over the money and he took care of the rest. And, well, in, in, uh, Correct me if I'm wrong, because I think we talked about this around that time. But you, uh, when you made that deal with him, you made the you made the uh, condition that you could retool it if you wanted to, and kind of do some sidebars with it. Yeah, that um, that was important to me because not that I needed to, but if I ever had the itch, because I always have that itch. Like if I've worked on something for a little while. I start to figure out certain things and I'm like, man, I wish that was different or I wish that was changed or I wonder how this looked in its original state before it was casted or, you know, so you're always looking at things from a critical eye from that standpoint. And if I was just going to essentially just be producing the same thing that he was producing, um, I was like, eh, maybe it might be not be the greatest idea. Um, but he was like, I don't care what you do. And I was like, okay. 
And he's like, you don't care if I do it sometime either, do you? I said, I don't care. And that's the cool thing about, you know, both Rick and Matt and myself. This is why all three of us get along and is we don't get involved in stupid bullshit with each other. We're friends first. We trust each other. We give each other that respect of, look, I'm not standing in your way. It's only a mask. If someone buys yours, chances are they're going to come back and buy mine. There's no reason for us to argue over anything. And if we do, we're stupid. You know, it's just, it makes no sense. And that's why I do get hacked off quite a bit when someone says, oh, well, he gets petty jealous about people that sell his stuff. No, I don't care. You could go light it on fire after you purchase it from me. I don't really care. It's when you use excuses to sell it and I could have made it better for you, or I could have bought it back. Cause I mean, Hey, I got someone in my, in my line that could use it. But if you use excuses of, well, I got money problems. And then the next week after it's sold, you're buying something brand new. I mean, to me, you've known me long enough that I'm a person of principle And it's like, why do you need to lie about your property? Why do you need to come up with some excuse to get rid of something? Just sell it because you want to go fund another project. It doesn't matter. You know, and that's the one thing about this hobby I've never understood is why do you need to make up this big, long, elaborate story to sell something? And that's the type of stuff that Rick, Matt, and I, we don't get involved in. We're just straight up with each other. Like just the other day, we're working on this set of the MB 75s. You got two slots left. I'm trying to cast up the rest of them to have them completely done. So I can just get my part of it done. And I had a couple really bad flawed pulls. And so I'm like, well, I don't want to toss these, you know, because I could, I mean, they're not terrible. They could be patched up or, Somebody may look at this ward or this pinhole and they don't care, you know, to to somebody that says, hey, I might be able to get a deal. The mask still looks in cosmetically great shape, but I can get a deal for a defect on it. Why wouldn't I jump on that? But I was like, man, do I want to reach out and ask them if I can do this or whatever? But I did it anyway because I didn't want to throw them away. And I said, hey, guys, I got a question. If you guys say no, I'm totally cool with it. Just let me know but I don't want to toss these. If I were to sell these off as flawed, would you guys have an issue with it? Both of them said, dude, go for it. I don't care. And I'm just like, how cool is that, that you know going into business with somebody that there's not going to be bullshit behind it? That's a great feeling. Well, I think to play devil's advocate from, you know, I guess it's sometimes, you know, you you see something and the way someone photographs it and then when you get it in, it's not, or if you don't know how to photograph it or light it properly or display it the same way, you may feel like, ah, oh, this isn't what I thought it was going to be. So you don't want to be like, you know, go tell that artist, oh, well, I, I just don't like it. Because even if they don't care, which I know you wouldn't, they might just feel kind of awkward about it, about, but that's about turning around and saying that. You know, you and Matt had this conversation um, about a situation that happened last year with, an, with another artist. It's like once you've sold that to the other person, 
it's not yours anymore. You know, so why does anybody care? You know, I would rather someone come to me. Okay. And you know, because you've ordered from me before. So I've been on top of you like, and said, Hey, you got it today. What do you think? I like to know those things because if it's wrong or it wasn't what you expected, I would, I would love the opportunity to make it right. If you generally like the sculpt, generally like the work, but there's something about it that either the sizing's not right or the, the weathering's too much or it's not enough or whatever the case may be. I've always had a 14 day turn, um, return policy, return it back to me in the first 14 days and get something that you want if this doesn't meet your needs, because I'll sell it. It doesn't matter. You know, what's one man's trash is another man's treasure. You know, that, that's, that's rule of life. So I never get hacked off by that stuff. And I don't understand why others would just take care of your customers. It's pretty common sense. If somebody reaches out to me and says, Hey, you know, I thought this was going to be X or I thought this was going to be Y and it didn't, it, it didn't hit those chords. What can you do? I'll say, well, send it back to me. What do you want? And we'll start, we'll start over again. It's not, it's not, it's no skin off my nose. I think, and one thing about, you know, back on that note of you both producing it, even before you made the, the new mold in the SS78, which we'll get into. Right. Like, you know, like with the MB75 with the three of you, you know, when it gets to the point after the, the sets are done, if y'all all were to, you know, if Matt was to do a Kirk or Rick and H2 or, or whatever, and y'all right. were to start doing, you all have different finishing styles. And that's not to say one of you is better or worse or right or wrong. But if you were to take a GKY new mold that you've done and that Rick has done and put them side by side, there are other differences and people may have those preferences. And to see that, I, you know, I don't, I, I can completely see how you both could produce that mask at the same time, which you do, and mm-hmm. where you know some people go to you and some people go to him, or or maybe some people go to you for the H one and to him for a, for a Kirk or et cetera, et cetera, uh, about why they would do these different things. Because I've had a DIY from both of you, and they looked completely different, you know, and you know they were weathered slightly differently. But you you're two different artists who finish two different ways. You hair differently, you paint differently. The the pole might be different. The way you guys cut eyes may be different. So it's all these little things that, that make it a Rick Ramby or a Chris Morgan mask. And I could not agree with you more. Um, but at the end of the day, I mean, we, we, we've had customers that go buy his turn right around and buy one off of me just because they want both, both versions. So, but that's the thing though. And that, I guess I, I haven't articulated that the, to the audience the best is that if everyone could just kind of get over and get off of their soapbox for a little while and understand that, you know, I always like to use the, the analogy of ice cream. You know, you have a million different brands out there. They all produce a chocolate. They all produce a vanilla. They all produce a strawberry. Which version you like of those brands doesn't make the other ones bad. They just, they just taste a little differently. Maybe you like the texture on this one a little better. Maybe this one's a little bit more chocolatey or has a better vanilla taste to it, or, 
you know, this one uses real chunks of strawberry versus concentrate, what, whatever the case may be when it comes to ice cream, everybody's going to have their preference. Everybody's going to have their brand and that is perfectly okay. But when you remove the veil of you must like this or you're out, once you take that veil away, then it's up to the customer. And many times in our cases, in our world, people are bound to certain artists based on what the hobby dictates them to like. And that's a sheep mentality. And I get real pissed off about that. So I never get pissed off for someone selling my work. I get pissed off that you let someone talk you into not liking what you purchased and forced you to buy something else. And I use force as a very extreme side of that. Nobody held a gun to anyone's head and made them do it. But inclusion in this world that we live in with this hobby, for some people, it is so important. And I've never understood that. I mean, even back when I was a collector, I I didn't understand it. I never understood it. I'm like, if you like someone's work and someone comes to you privately and trashes that purchase or trashes you and you look at them as one of the higher elites, I'm going to think that person's an asshole. I mean, you've heard me say it before. Who the fuck are you to tell me what I do with my entertainment dollar? Why don't you go piss up a rope somewhere and leave me the hell alone? It's my money. I liked it. I don't have the personal history with the person that you have. So kiss my ass. Oh, I like to take it back to kind of like how George Carlin put things. It's the illusion of power or the illusion of security. So if you're, especially if you're new to the hobby and you see every group and every page is dominated by the same seven artists. And one of them tells you, you know, this, that, or the third, you're either going to believe them because you see their name everywhere, or you're going to be convinced that they have some power over you. Kind of like that instance with that artist that me and Matt talked about last season, mm-hmm. whether that is true or not remains to be seen case by case. But if you, you may be afraid of being blacklisted. So you may just kind of heed their quote unquote warning out of fear of being blacklisted because everyone wants to be in the circle, not out of it. That's what but I'm saying is I don't at least get that. You know what's being said. I guess it's a, a thing of you want to know what's being said as opposed to not. Some people just have to be in the know. Guys Here's like you and me don't Here's really care. If you're a collector, just buy what you like and fuck everybody else. Who cares? Yeah. <laughs> it's like um, I'm in the know involuntarily like people send me stuff that I, and and you you've done it before. I have told you flat out. I really don't want to see this stuff. I really don't. I, I don't care. I, and I don't want that to sound like I'm better than that stuff, but people that are just tuning in for the first time or don't know the history, people don't realize that this is my 22nd year in this hobby as a collector. Then later on as an artist, I have seen every angle, every piece of garbage that has gone on in this hobby backwards and forwards to the point where I was like, if I'm going to have anything to do with this shit again, 
that stuff's got to go away because it's not good for your your mental state. It's not a good use of time management. It's not a good use of the project that you have before you. And it's just not good for you internally. It's just not. It's poison. It's toxic. So whenever someone starts getting extremely toxic around me and keep continuing to try to feed me stuff, I either block that person or I put them on ignore because I just don't need to hear it or see it. I get tired of it. And I'm trying to take care of the people that are on my list that have trusted me with their hard-earned dollar, with their entertainment dollar, that they had a little extra spend and they chose me to do it. They're not choosing me to go out and police the internet and try to tell other people what to do and what not to do and to be in this circle and that circle and what this person's saying and what that person's saying, what this artist is up to, what this artist did to this other person and this other, it's like, who cares? You know, at the end of the day, nobody, nobody has to lay down in bed next to me. I don't have to lay down in bed next to them. So I don't care. I really don't care. I care about my circle of friends that I have, which I keep a much smaller circle nowadays, but I care about my circle of friends and I care about the next person on my list. And I, and I care about this podcast and I generally care about people, but I don't care to get involved in the shit that takes away the enjoyment. And if more people just thought that way, because look, based on the things that have been said about me, that has been done to me, if I can still produce masks for people, then they have no power over you. People continue to give them this false sense of power. Oh, well, you're not going to let me play on your playground. Okay, so fuck your playground. I'll go play on the other one down the street. It has a bigger slide anyway. I like it better. Maybe it's <laughs> painted a little differently. I don't care. The site that should not be named should not police anybody. Anybody else that are in these other groups that are telling you, hey, don't deal with that guy. He's a piece of shit. Well, get to know the reason, the, the true reason why. Get both sides of the coin. And if somebody has come to me, and I've said this multiple times, and said, hey, I've heard this. Do you care to elaborate? I'd be happy to provide proof to anybody. I don't care. You know, Lord I, knows you've got lots of them. <laughs> isn't that the truth? I had to I had to up my uh my cloud space on my Apple just to save some of the newer stuff that has come in, in the last six months. Listen, you're like a detective with, with with all your your filing cabinets of 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 in your in your chalkboards and your data and all your points on a map. But could you imagine where I would be my reputation, where my reputation would be if I didn't document that stuff and watch my own back? Well, fuck, look where it is with all of it. Yeah, but don't you think that if I didn't have that stuff, it would be like a hundred times worse? Oh, yeah, you'd be shit out of luck and jolly well fucked. (laughs) Thanks, Jim Cornette. That's Carlin. It still sounded like a Cornetism, but... Because he probably took it from Carlin. (laughs) Probably. But I, I didn't mean to get out in the weeds on this. It's just, you know, sometimes this stuff needs to be said. And we have listeners that tune in and out and you never know which episodes they're going to listen to, what they're going to hear. 
And I always want to make sure that people are getting a good message along with information. Sometimes you just got to speak truth to power. Yeah, that's true. Now, back on to the today's subject. Uh, yeah, I totally to forgot what we were talking about. <laughs> back, back to the DIY. Uh, you know, you guys renamed it to the GKY a few months after you got it from the Go Kirk yourself because you weren't selling blanks for people to, to DIY anymore, which makes sense. So you left it to DIY for a little bit so people knew where its new home was, and then you guys gave it the new name of the GKY. Correct. And back on the on the notion of styles, tell me if you've noticed this. The vast majority of the masks that I see, it seems to me, at least from the outside looking in, that most of the people who come to you get the new mold, and a lot of people who go to Rick get the old mold. Old mold. Have you have you noticed this phenomenon? Yes, but. I really didn't get a whole lot of time with the old mold after I acquired it with Rick because I was working on other things and um, I wasn't putting out a whole lot. So by the time I gotten had gotten around to working something with it, um, he had had quite a run going with it. And I was just like, well, you know, it might be cool if I could just sculpt some Myers eyes into it. Cause Rick already said I could retool it. It might be cool if I could sculpt some Myers eyes into it and just have an already made Myers version. And that was originally the, the, the catalyst for the, for that change. So I'm like, well, until I get that done, I won't put out any copies. I'll just, move forward with this. And, you know, I, I got my marketing business going. Um, that's keeping me busy. This is going to be kind of like a little pet project. And that's kind of how that started. And I know we're kind of jumping into the SS 78, but you know, we're, we're talking about why I didn't get involved in the old mold too much. Um, so by the time that started to happen, I started to notice things as I do, and Aaron Bass has called me this before, is like I'm like a mad scientist and I see things that just once I see it and I hone in on it, I can't let it go. It's my OCD personality. It's my addictive personality. And I was noticing little things that I'm like, well, if the bridge of the nose would, you know, came back a little bit, almost like the life cast, you know, if it, the bridge of the nose was back a little further. And if this cheek here that is uh you can see like when it was casted that it it was kind of warped right here if that could be pushed out just a little bit and the jawline could be structured a little bit tighter it, it could have the look of the original mask slash the life cast look that everybody and just to likes cut, and, and not to uh, not to cut you off yeah go ahead because one thing that people say and that i've heard a lot from a lot of people and, and yet and i guess they have to keep in context in mind that when the med, in, when the medley was cast it was right. at least 20, 25 years old. So it wasn't like a fresh 75 Kirk was cast. So you're going to have some warping, some errors and things like that. Kind of like the H4 mask that was cast off the hero 20 years later. It's not going to look the same latex ages. So there are minor imperfections in there. But a lot of people have told me that from the profile, like looking at the mask from the left to right, the DIY, at least the DIY in its original form, didn't have a great profile from it. It didn't. I guess 
for those reasons. So, so just so people understand, you know, you're not just thinking, oh, I'm, I, I can fix a perfectly cast 75 perk and make it better. You were actually trying to fix some errors that had occurred in either the casting process or just it moving from home to home. And I want to thank you for applying that context because, you know, you stated that beautifully and that is absolutely correct. And context is king. So thank you. Um, yes, absolutely. Um, and I would agree with whoever has said that the profile on the original DIY was not the best. That's part of the, you know, like the bridge of the nose needs to go back a little bit. You know, the shape of the jawline needs to improve, you know, that sort of round. Yes, to make it more uh, correct to the original um, seventy-five Kirk that it had come from, you're not going to you're not going to recapture lightning in a bottle one hundred percent. But try to get it as close as you possibly can. And if I was already doing a pet project, why not try it? You know, the worst that could happen is is I have to start over. You know, and, and, and uh, before we get into the new mold, because I do want to get there. Right. The SS78 compared to the old mold, is it just was the only change you made to that? Just having the pre-sculpted Myers eyes in it. That way it was just easier for you to convert it. That was the original plan. But like I'm saying, it's like when I started to notice by the time I got around to doing it, by the time I got around to doing it and I was noticing all these little things that's when I decided to say, hmm, maybe I need to um, fix this, 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 and this. You know, so it is more autonomically correct to the original 75 Kirk. So originally it started off with just just put Myers eyes in it and call it a day. Then it went from, well, now I got it in clay. I've seen for six months, I've seen pictures it, let me back up. I said earlier that we got it in 2019. That that would be incorrect. It would have been the summer of 2018 that we got it because I did I did the SS78 in the summer of 2019 because I remember that because we were well into Halloween Unleashed and Maddie had just passed. So I was working on the SS78 when she was really sick. So, yeah, I got my timeline a little mixed up. It happens especially at my age, but <laughs> I was going to save you the trouble from making an old age joke. So you're welcome. Um, but that's initially how it started. And then it just, it kept morphing into, well, I could change this. I could fix this part, man. I really don't like that. Cause like I said, I had been looking at uh, pictures for about six months. And I just was like, man, you know, if I could just fix this part and fix this part, you know, the, where the, where the uh, nostril on the old mold on the nose, where it kind of creeps halfway up. Um, and it looks almost like half of the nostril was taken off on that, on, on the proper right side. If I could just round that out a little bit and fill that in and make it a little bit more correct to the original Kirk, you know, and add that back in, that would add some stuff back into it. You know, if I could make the, the chin kind of stick out almost like the life cast that, that would work. So what you got with the SS 78 from the DIY slash GKY old mold is you got, yes, you got a Myers version, but you got an enhanced more autonomically correct version of what 
a DIY should have been probably. If that makes sense. Yeah. So what is the main difference between the GKY new mold and the SS78? Because just to, just from my perspective, from what it's sounding like is they're very similar. One just has pre-installed Myers. I, I want to make sure everyone listening knows. That well, the GKY new mold is different. Um, but because that one doesn't have Myers eyes sculpted into it. The GKY 78 does, um, which we'll get into that too. Um, but the SS 78 and the old mold differences are one has Kirk eyes, one has Myers eyes and the SS 78 has had a lot of the features, um, reformatted, uh, enhanced, and change to match more of the life cast original fresh Kirk look. And for anyone listening, if they want a really good visual representation of what the two look like together, Hunter Hood has probably two of the best copies of each of those he masks has a new I've mold, ever by seen. The way. Yeah, he's got a GKY new mold and an SS78, and he recently posted a picture of the two of them side by side. Mm-hmm. So you can kind of see, because some people just have a preference for one or the other. Personally, I like GKY New Mold a little more, but his, especially his SS78 is fucking flawless. So you can look at the two of those and kind of, if you're on the fence about one or the other, and he has great, you know, cosplay pictures in general. So you can just kind of check his out and, and see what, what catches your eye more. Personally, if the SS78 had the uh, GKY New Mold nose, which we'll get into, I would probably pick the SS78 over the, the GKY completely. Okay. So you covered the, the SS78 versus the old mold features. Mm-hmm. What did you do to the GKY new mold? Uh, yeah, this one's going to take a little longer. Um, so Rick was getting a lot of um, inquiries about a larger version of the, um, of the DIY. And he asked, he called me up and he said, Hey, I know that you've enlarged stuff. How would I do it? And so I started, I started explaining it and he called me a couple more times and I was back re-explaining it. And so I paused and I said, pause for a second. I said, would you like me to do this for you? (laughs) I said, because it might be easier since I've done it. Just, I said, you cast up the blank, you know, and you got to make it a half an inch thick, send it to me and I'll, and I'll do the enlargement process. And he said, okay. And so he made uh, a fresh mold and cast it a brand new directly off of the master. Um, nice thick pull, sent it to me and I started the uh, enlargement process. And when I did that, automatically the nose just looked so much better. And I was like, huh? And keep in mind the SS 78 had already been out. So I was like, damn, I wonder if I enlarge the SS 78, if I would have the same result. (laughs) So that may happen at some point. Um, So anyway, I just saw that and I was like, that looks really good. So I went ahead and made a master mold, made two urethane masters, off of the enlarged version so that we could do um, larger copies for those with bigger heads. And um, I just was looking at the 
enlarged. I said, I really, really like the nose on that. That looks more of like, I would say like a, almost like a nightmare nose. It's not the nightmare nose, but it's like a, it's a little more bulbous and not so tiny like the, like the SS 78 or the DIY or GKY old mold. So I said, huh? Well, if I could, because whenever you enlarge something, you know, you do run the risk of it not being identical to the smaller copy, which is why a lot of people were like, Hey, I'm never going to wear that. I would rather have the smaller copy with more of the structurally detailed and better, better looking version of it than one that has been enlarged and stretched and stretched out. And so when you were looking at them compared to the smaller copies, I said, you know, if I could just with this nose, just add back in the detail that was lost during the, during the enlargement process, you know, I said, you know, we, we might have a, be in a position where we can have a new mold DIY off of this. And so it was at that point I called Rick, told him what I was going to do. And I said, if I do this, I'll just make you a new master and I'll send it to you. And he's like, cool. So that's how that process started. And then when I got it, this is about the time, like you had mentioned Hunter's name earlier, Hunter had already gotten his, uh, his SS 78 and people were hitting me up constantly for it. And I'm like, so I started, I started to do uh, like a, like almost like a focus group in a way like uh, that you would a TV show. You start asking the audience things about they like or what they don't like or wishes. You know, what was it about this that you liked that you didn't like about the DIY that ultimately made you order this instead? You know, it does. Does that make sense? Yeah. So what everybody started saying is, oh man, I really like the cheeks on the, on the SS 78. I really like the angry V brow. I really like um, how the nose kind of sets back a, a little bit on the SS 78. So I started looking at it that way and I was like, huh? So if I were to, in lack of a better words, kind of do what I did with the SS 78, but I don't want to do it identical because then what was the purpose of doing the SS 78? If you follow me there, I was like, if I can just enhance certain things, correct a few things on this larger copy, then we could essentially, like I said, have a new mold and it would be different enough from the original DIY and it would be different enough from the SS 78 that it would kind of be like its own thing. And ultimately it kind of was. So going back to your original question, why Rick was doing more of the old molds and I wasn't because you're seeing now for almost a year at this point, I was wrapped up in projects on making the original DIY better or more structurally sound or fixing things I didn't like. So for about a year, I was doing that while doing other things at the same time. So that's why you didn't see a lot of that. So that's how it kind of morphed into the new mold. And once I was getting things kind of mapped out in clay, I just started, was like, huh, this looks really good. I, I like the, I like, you know, the direction this is going. So I would send stuff to Rick and Rick would say the same thing, man, that's looking really solid. And I was like, well, I think now it might be a good time for us to change the name from DIY to something else. And he's like, so how do you want to work it? I was like, well, let's come up with a, let's come up with something to where 
the winner of the name gets a gets the first one of the first copies off of the new mold if it turns out well and he's like i like that idea and so that's what we started to run we were in a contest in uh november december of 2019 and um that's how i got kind of uh introduced to michael bitterman was during that contest was he the one that picked the name he is. He's the one that picked the name. Um, he came up with Go Kirk Yourself. And I was like, you know, you already had Do It Yourself. So now Go Kirk Yourself. You're kind of in in a way paying homage or homage, however you want to say it. Most people say it either way. Um, but you're, you're, you're giving that, um, that history with, with the tie-in, but you're making it fresh at the same time. And I just really liked it. I'm like, I actually really like that, you know? It's almost like you're telling someone to go fuck themselves, and it's just, it's kind of funny. Right up your alley. Yeah, so I was I was all for it. So just for clarity, the the GKY new mold, you essentially just enlarged it, saw that hey, it kind of fixed some problems that it had, and you just kind of finished correcting what it didn't fix. Yeah, and of course I enhanced the features and made it made it pop more. Because again, when you enlarge it, you kind of lose a little detail. Correct. Correct. Yep. Now, I heard you say something earlier about a GKY-78. Yes. What is that? So, essentially, and people are probably, if they're not confused by now, they're going to be confused. Um, as I was going along in 2020, the the year that the pandemic forever changed our lives, um, you know, people were hitting me up consistently for... Um, for GKYs, GKY, 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 GKY. And back on be, before we get into this. So I was interested in just doing a few of the new molds to see how they would take off and how they would look in, in various forms. So I still hadn't really done an old mold. And so I did several of the new molds and people just kind of associate with, wow, that looks really good. I want that one. You know, they don't even think to go back and look at your previous work or things that you've done or ask, hey, do you do you produce the old mold? Nobody even thinks to ask that. Uh, one person did recently, which I just finished. And now I got an inbox full of them. Hey, I didn't know that you did the old mold. I mean, I, I really like that. I would like to have one of those. So it's just like it kind of it's funny how that how that works is like when it's out of sight, it's out of mind in a way. Um, so really, I got I got bombarded by by the new mold uh, outreach. And I never really got a chance to really sink my teeth into any old mold projects. I think I only did two um, in the year, year and a half that I had owned the old mold since we purchased it. But to move forward, to answer your question about the GKY 78. So I just mentioned, I was getting bombarded with questions and, and, you know, people wanting the GKY and for anybody that's ever converted anything to get it perfect every single time, according to the customer, because let's, let's think about this. All right. And I, you as a collector, you're probably guilty of this too. Most people that are collectors listening to this are going to say, yeah, I raised my hand. I'm guilty of this. If you're looking at someone who is primarily producing a certain mask, a certain mold or whatever you want to call it, certain sculpt, 
the last copy that they did is your most recent and freshest memory of their work on that said sculpt. So what was happening was, is every time I would put one out, I'd have someone say, well, I like this. Well, I like this one. I can, can, can you do mine exactly like that one? So no pressure, right? I'm, I mean, I'm not a machine. So it was like to nail those eye cuts the exact same way. That's going to be hard because you don't have any, you don't have, I, I don't use templates. Um, I try to do the best I can to try to get them consistent every single time. But sometimes, you know, the pull's a little different or maybe you're working on a flimsier copy versus a firmer copy, or, you know, maybe your pencil's not as sharp as it, as, as it was last time. There's so many different variants that, could change something or um, most of the time it's the sharpness of the scissors. So I was, I kept running into all these problems of stressing myself out to the point where I was trying to do what the customer wanted, but I started not having any fun doing it. If that makes sense, because I was putting so much pressure on myself to deliver that it took all of the fun away. So I said, how could I do this so that people look at a copy and all they see is a consistent across the board eye cut? Weathering, I could pretty much get close or if not damn well nail every single time. But when it comes to eye cuts, they do change. So I said, well... Let me put this thing back in clay because I already have the silicone mold. Let me put the thing back in clay and let me see what I can do. And that's primarily what I did. And I started sculpting in some eye cuts and I took a step back. and I said, damn, that looks pretty damn good. So I did a few copies of them, put them out there. And then what I was hoping was going to happen started to happen. Hey, I want mine just like that one. Damn, I want mine just like that one. Hey, Chris, when you get to mine, make sure it's just like that one. Okay, cool. What do you like about it? Man, the eye cuts are perfect on that. Really? See, I wasn't telling anybody at first. And so once that started to happen, you start getting your focus group to tell you what they're liking. You can start to make charts for yourself as to what is working and what people are gravitating towards so you know how to market your product and put it out there. So what I started to do is the more people that started to say, man, every single copy you've been doing lately, the eye cuts have been perfect. Not realizing it was all the GKY 78. It was all with the sculpted and molded in Myers eye cuts already in them. So I was starting to turn into that machine. If, if, if you're following me. And so I was able to get that consistency down with, Okay, you want the eyes just like that? Okay, cool. No problem. Wink, wink. Exactly. So it started to get to that point, and I was like, okay, so now I'm at a point where I can can tell the public and release it to the public. And so I released it to the public. Hey, these are GKY78s already converted, basically, molded in eye cuts. All I got to do is cut out the eyes and – Paint it and hair it to your specification. If you want something more custom, I still have the Kirk version that I can convert. But this one, 
this one I sculpted to be something that is already ready to go. And I spent a lot of time, uh, a lot of time getting the eye cuts right. And it came out, so, came out great. So you just molded them in to make your life easy. Yeah. And to make, uh, make the customers happy because they like consistency. And uh, is there a chance you'll ever do like a GKY? Like, do you cut your eyes differently for H2 or do you just let the stuff into the work? Um, for the most part, I cut them slightly different, but I try to let the stuffing do most of the work. That's why I tell people when they post up H2s and there's no stuffing in them and it looks like H2 weathering with H1 eye cuts, just a little smaller. I'm like, dude, get some stuffing in that thing. It's all the hero was. Yep, exactly. That's why I always say if if you got a if you got a good mask, it should be able to do an H1 and an H2 with ease. Because if you got one that only does one or only does the other, eh. So you're probably not going to be making a GKY with H2 eyes in it, probably. How do you know I haven't done a GKY 78? And it's been an 81. I guess I wouldn't. No, I'm not in your <laughs> your, uh, your your mad science laboratory. For the record, I have. Mm-hmm. A couple of times, actually. Yeah, I'm curious. Well, real quick, um, while we're doing this episode, I'm going to send you the GKY78 picture. Those look pretty fucking good. Yes. Uh, so give me one second. I'm going to shoot you over from the same mold. I did that. The Libra is pretty nasty. It is. I'm trying to remember exactly who I sent pictures to. Got to keep track of who you send your dick pics to. I know. This was a fat dickhead, too. Should go to the doctor and get that checked out. Um, nah, I'm good. <laughs> it was recent, too. Who the hell did I send it to? So that H2 was pulled off of the GKY78 mold. Mm-hmm. And just stuffed correctly. Nice. That copy is B-Man Gems. That's what I noticed when I had the one I for, I bought. I forget who I bought it off of. I think Jason, maybe. Yeah. When I, had, when I had them side by side, I was like, see, this is how you do it. You just cut the eyes basically the same, but then you just stuff it. Which is why I hate when I see people like cut those skinny little fucking H2 eyes and then when they stuff it properly then it just looks stupid. Sorry, I farted. Are you playing a trumpet? Nope. You need to go to the doctor. I've been told that. Alright, well anything else about the GKY slash DIY that I left out to your knowledge or we kind of kind of wrap the tie the knot on this thing as far as i know um if anybody has any questions you know they can 
surely ask and I'd be happy to answer them on a future podcast, but that's, that's all I got. All right. Well, that's about all I've got on question wise on, you know, it's one of my personal favorite masks. So it was kind of cool to come on and talk about it with you. Yeah, it was awesome. It's, it's always good that we get to catch up. I think in the future we should do an update to terminology episode. That way I'm not just talking into a void. Let's do that. Let's, let's actually, did you see the, um, did you happen to, I, I know you've kind of been all over the place with Facebook in the last few days with uh, what's been going on with you. Did you happen to see um, when I made that thread in the group about, you know, what episodes people wanted and Rachel J actually had a really good idea. Let me pull this up here. She said a deep dive into some of the controversies of the Hallowsphere. So I'm like, that would be a great series to do. So we could start with one and go all the way to the present day. I mean, I think that would be a, an amazing series. What's the Hallowsphere? Halloween universe, Hallowsphere. Oh. Oh, like 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 in the movies? Yeah. Hell yeah, we can do that. So I'd, I'd be down to do something like that. I think that would be a good idea. I think an updated terminology episode um, definitely needs to happen uh, for sure. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm down for it. Hell yeah. Are you doing any new episodes or? Yeah. So as of right now, uh, since the relaunch, we've done three. Uh, the first one, the return episodes got up to about 150 views. So I'm very happy with that. That's great. Uh, just launched the, uh, just posted the interview with Dallas Alexander of uh, Shape Killer Studios. And that's He's a good guy. About, he is a great guy. Up to about almost 50 episodes in the first, or 50 views in the first day. So I'm pretty happy with that. Um, so just keep working on stuff. Uh, for that, I got a couple ideas I'm working on. Um, social media is still the same. Cutting or DC on Instagram. Cutting Room Floor on Facebook. It's a hockey mask is the, the main profile picture. Uh, which and you can find links to the YouTube channel and the t-shirt store through various means on each source. And if anybody wants to support this show, uh, we have our our uh, website open now, HalloweenUnleashedPodcast.com. Go there, sign up for our free text message marketing so that you can get uh, updates to when um, episodes drop and when a live show is going to happen. And also, uh, every, anytime we have a coupon that comes out that's going to save you 10% or 20% off of anything in our store, um, you'll have that as well. You'll have a redemption code and everything. But if, but if you want to support the show, definitely go there. There's all sorts of ways that you can do it. Purchasing any product out of our store definitely goes right back to the show, 100% of it. And, um, you know, you can also sign up to be a monthly contributor if you want to um, for as little as 99 cents a month. And it helps, helps us out. All right, Chris. Well, it's been great talking to you and I'll see you on the next go round. Probably be pretty soon. All right. Go get some of that chicken. Sure. will. later, Chris. Later. Man. Thanks for listening to Halloween Unleashed. Be sure to download, rate, and subscribe anywhere you download your podcasts. From Apple, Google Play, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and then join our social media channels at our official Facebook page at facebook.com slash groups slash Halloween Unleashed, on Instagram at Halloween Unleashed, and on Twitter at HWeen Unleashed. Be sure to share our episodes in your horror groups on your timeline and on Instagram. 
We'll be back next week with an all-new episode of Halloween Unleashed.